Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Tuesday, February 23rd, 2021. On today's episode of the show, we're going to be talking about the latest film and TV news. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm the senior writer at SlashFilm.com, and I'm joined on today's episode by Slash Film writers Huai Tran Bui. Hey, everyone. And Chris Evangelista. Hello. All right, guys, let's just talk about the news today. Uh, there are, I think, only four stories, so this should be a relatively short episode. But um, HG, let's talk a little bit about some Disney Plus news that sort of uh, took us by surprise when it broke uh, late last night. What is the latest in, in the Disney world? Yes, there is going to be a Magic Kingdom TV universe, universe, not just TV series, that is in development for Disney Plus from Disney Superfan and for All Mankind creator as well as Battlestar Galactica Galactica creator Ronald D. Moore, Ron Moore in the story. And uh, he is first developing a uh, a series called The Society of Explorers and Adventurers for Disney+, Plus, uh, which he's writing and executive producing, that if successful, will uh, launch the entire Magic Kingdom universe with more spearheading and building out this universe and overseeing the entire franchise. So there aren't any details yet on the story of the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, but The Hollywood Reporter says the idea is to explore characters like the sea boat captain from Jungle Cruise or the prospector from Big Thunder Mountain or the climbers on the Matterhorn, for example. And while these characters are pure speculation from THR, um, per Jacob, the actual theme park expert in this case, uh, these characters um, and the society in the title has been referenced in numerous Easter eggs around uh, the Disney theme parks all over the world and are known as the SEA. So this is a a big dream come true for many theme park fanatics. Uh, So um, this is just kind of that Easter egg hunt coming, becoming a TV series that uh, will probably have some sort of story to it um, and just launch this entire cinematic tv universe okay so all of the things that you just talked about like the you know the sea boat captain and the prospector and those kind of characters which i think you just mentioned are just like speculation for now but all of those as far as i understand are going to be featured in just this first show do we do we know anything about like what the other um i guess magic kingdom tv universe shows might be has has there been any word about what what this whole like larger 
uh, interconnected web might look like? No, there is no word. There aren't any details apart from about this show, which in itself is in pretty early development, although a mini writer's room is apparently already established with senior writers uh, in uh, being searched for as we speak. So it's still pretty early on, uh, but more seems to be along uh, in, in, in the long haul to develop this as a whole universe. He's working with Disney Imagineers to basically get all the details and everything right, but we don't have any exact details for future shows yet. Okay. So I, I, uh, I'm not a, uh, I guess I, I haven't really seen any of, uh, Ron Moore's shows. I, I missed Battlestar Galactica when that was a big thing. And I have not made time to catch up with that show. Um, I think Outlander is another one that he's been working on recently. And then obviously, uh, for all mankind, like you mentioned, is the Apple TV plus show that he's working on now. Have either of you seen any of those shows or any other stuff that Ron Moore has created by any chance? I watched Outlander, uh, but I stopped watching it just because I dislike the many near rapes that happen on it. Not his fault. That's just a part of the story, I think. Mm. Um, but I will be getting around to more Ron Moore stuff in my Trekking Through Time and Space podcast because he was a major uh, force in Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, as far as I know, uh, before he went on to create Battlestar Galactica. So I'm looking forward to his stuff. Okay. All right. Chris, did you ever see like Battlestar Galactica or, or any of that stuff? Uh, I watched some of it and then I just sort of just like lost interest. It just wasn't for me. So yeah. yeah. Okay. So HC, what do you think about this, this idea of like taking essentially Disney Easter eggs and like theme park stuff and building it out into a show? Because for me, it sort of seems like I'm honestly a little surprised that this wasn't something that was announced that, that it wasn't like one of the uh, the launch shows that was ready f- when Disney Plus debuted, you know, in 2019. It seems like such sort of a slam dunk idea for Disney. But what do you think about this? Well, I feel like Disney has done something to this extent before uh, with the ABC series Once Upon a Time, which took a similar approach to Disney fairy tale characters and uh, basically imagined if they were all stuck in the real world and created a whole story out of that. I watched that for a couple seasons and it was quite good, but I think it went off the rails. Um, And of course, another big sort of hot, like hot pot slash mishmash of properties is Kingdom Hearts, which is full of Easter eggs and makes the the entire um, Mickey Mouse search um, that is part of the Disney theme parks, one of the elements of the of kingdom hearts three so i'm what i'm saying is they should make a kingdom hearts tv series okay my my head went to like uh tomorrowland the movie that sort of fell on deaf ears and didn't really make the splash that i think disney was hoping that it would um but it's interesting that you went directly to, to kingdom hearts i didn't even think about that as a as a uh a potential piece of connective tissue there, but that de- definitely does seem like, especially with the sort of interconnectivity of what is being planned here, that seems like maybe a, a more, um, a more apt comparison. So uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I feel like this is, you know, th- there could be a TV show for each theme park, each, you know, uh, uh, animal kingdom could have its own show and all of that kind of stuff. And like, I feel like that's what Disney plus is for is just like mining, Disney IP and Disney stuff for, and, and just like churning things out. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm surprised this hasn't happened already. Um, Ron Moore is definitely a big name in, in, you know, uh, the television world, the television landscape. So, uh, it seems like a big get for Disney. I think he just left his, uh, his longtime deal with, um, I think it was Sony TV and, yes. and just signed a, a long, um, 
a big contract with Disney and uh, 20th Century Television, which is now like under the Disney umbrella. So um, yeah, it seems like, the, you know, he's going to be, like you said, sort of in this for the long haul. So uh, we'll have to see what other shows he has uh, up his sleeve and, and keep our eyes out for more details about the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, which, yeah, it's, that's a little bit of a mouthful. I'll have to see what kind of <laughs> title they end up coming up with with that. But uh, all right. Our next story involves a Blue Beetle movie. Uh, Chris, what what is the word on uh, the latest in the DC movie universe? Oh, boy, Ben, the Blue Beetle movie. Let me tell you, uh, this was <laughs> this was first actually announced back in 2018. But now we've learned who's directing it. And uh, it's. Angel Manuel Soto, who directed uh, Charm City Kings, which I have not seen, but I've heard good things about, is directing this. And uh, the Blue Beetle is a character from DC Comics. Uh, he's got kind of a, I would say convoluted history, but it's it's more complicated than you might imagine. Um, the character originated back in 1939 and appeared in something called Fox Comics, which... I don't know what that is, but that was a thing. <laughs> wow. And at, at some point, Fox Comics uh, became Charlton Comics, which again, I don't know what that is, but Charlton Comics uh, ended up being part of DC and DC eventually brought the Blue Beetle into their their lineup, their roster, whatever you want to call it. And there have been three Blue Beetles, but the most recent one, is a Latino teenager named Jamie Reyes. And that's the character who's going to be in the movie. And that would make this uh, Warner Brothers slash DC's first Latino superhero main character. You know, there have been Latino and Latina characters in other DC movies, but they haven't been like the main superhero leading the film. So this is a first for them. Interesting. Okay. So you mentioned Charlton Comics. I think if my my memory serves, um, characters like, uh, I feel like uh, Watchmen sort of like pulled some character archetypes from the old pages of Charlton Comics and like gave them a little bit of a twist to make it a little bit more, uh, uh, I guess, like to not fully infringe on that IP. I, f- I sort of feel like when the Watchmen movie was coming out uh, all those years ago, I remember reading something about Charlton Comics and like this character named The Question that was sort of uh, transmogrified into what became Rorschach and all that. So yeah, this is like old, old comics history there. Um, and <laughs> yeah, Blue Beetle is definitely a character that I'm not super familiar with. But HG, we were talking right before we started recording that you actually are familiar with this character because he's appeared on um, a TV show that you're familiar with, right? Yes, Young Justice, which I have talked about on the podcast before in, on Water Cooler and I've written about for the quarantine stream. And I also highly recommend both of you and everyone who likes DC comics or just a good anime superhero shows in general to check out. It's on HBO Max. Um, he appears in Young Justice Season 2 uh, as Jaime Reyes, the teenage Latino version. And he actually plays like a pretty major part. I remember, uh, I've been a while since I actually watched Season 2, but he, Jaime is controlled by the suit in some way, and he's uh, frequently in battle with over the control of the suit with the um, intelligence that inhabits the suit that sometimes has uh, an ulterior motive and often... Uh, can take over his body on its own. So mm. there's a, there's like a, a fun, like sort of Jekyll and Hyde aspect to his character. Um, and uh, I, I'm really, really liking his character and 
part that he plays into uh, Young Justice. I think it has to do with like the destruction of the future because he's, <laughs> I can't remember, but. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I was just looking into this and it seems like he, um, that character hangs out a lot with Booster Gold, who is also like a, uh, like a time traveling kind of character. And it seems like those two, I remember there being talk of like, uh, you know, like a sort of a buddy comedy movie with Blue Beetle and Booster Gold several years ago that obviously has not come to pass. So the, the idea of like the future and time travel and stuff makes sense considering his relationship to that character. Yeah. And it was, um, he had a big, uh, connection to, uh, the flash, the flash, uh, from the future, the Wally West's grandson. I can't remember his name. No, oh. uh, Bart Allen. Yes. Oh yeah. Bart Allen. Yeah. yeah. Man. Bart Allen. So, um, that was, that, that's a good dynamic from Young Justice as well. But yeah, I, I liked his character. I liked the, um, the central conflict that he provided and, um, that, uh, they're bringing more diverse faces to the big screen for DC. So I'm, I'm excited to see like what they can do with it. I mean, I don't know much about the comics history of it except, and um, my only familiarity is with Young Justice, but uh, it seems that they can basically have a clean slate to do what they want, which is exciting. And Chris, I, I mean, like we've just been talking about, none of us are like super, super familiar with this character, or, like his power set or any of that kind of stuff. But do you just uh, conceptually, what do you think about the idea of a, a Blue Beetle movie? Do you think that this is a, a good step for DC, which seems to be um, moving away from the uh, the sort of like grand interconnected plans that they had initially and sort of letting these filmmakers do their own kind of one-off stuff recently? Yeah, I'm I'm all for that approach and I hope, they stick with that. I hope, you know, they've, they've learned a thing or two and they're, they're trying this new standalone idea. I mean, I'm sure they'll eventually want to connect these things because that's, that's the name of the game these days. Everything has to be connected, but I, I'd be much happier if they, they worried about individual films. Yeah. Uh, okay. Our next story involves the great Gatsby. HC, what is uh, the latest in the Gatsby verse? <laughs> The Gatsby verse. Oh, well, after The Great Gatsby was added to the public domain uh, beginning of this year, it has been the subject of many an adaptation, first of which was a TV series that is already in the works um, that would reimagine the the novel by F. Scott Fitzgerald, and now an animated movie uh, from via the feature animation arm of VFX House DNEG, which was behind the effects of Christopher Nolan's action tentpole Tenet, um, and is now developing a Great Gatsby animated movie that will be written by Brian Selznick, who wrote and il- illustrated the book The Invention of Hugo Cabret, which served as the inspiration for Martin Scorsese's Hugo, and will be directed by William Joyce, who won an Oscar in 2011 for his short film The Fantastic Flying Books of Mr. Morris Less More and has worked on animated features for his books like Epic, Rise of the Guardians, and Meet the Robinsons. So this was uh, a story that definitely made me raise my eyebrow because animated feature is not exactly what I think uh, when I think of Great Gatsby. But, you know, maybe maybe this will be a fun way to mix things up for a story that has typically gotten some pretty stodgy feature film adaptations, uh, the Baz Luhrmann uh, film aside, and maybe it could breathe some new life into a story of, um, of that is about the breaking of the American dream, whatever. And I will say Baz Luhrmann's uh, feature film was so colorful and so gaudy that it was like one step away from animation at that. So, you know, maybe this will be, this will be the, uh, the secret sauce they need to make Great Gatsby, I don't know, a big hit. 
Yeah. Um, Chris, when this news got posted in our Slack channel, I think you just responded with the word no. Um, <laughs> do you, would you care to elaborate on that? To be fair, that's my reaction to most things. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> just no. I don't want it. Um, I guess, you know, I, I have no... This is, look, uh, my, my knee-jerk reaction is to be like, what a stupid idea. But for all I know, this could turn out to be great. Who who the hell knows? Let's. I guess I'll I'll give the animated Great Gatsby. A try. I want it to be like complete. I want it to basically be like an anime, and like Gatsby gets in like a robot suit, and the backgrounds are like yeah. zooming by. It'll be the like, only time you'll ever watch an anime. Chris. Yeah, like I like I feel like if you're gonna do an animated Great Gatsby, you gotta go fucking crazy. Like uh, there was this anime. I'm getting way off topic here, but I remember when I was a kid, there was this anime Dracula movie, and I was obsessed with Dracula. So I've rented it from the video store. That's how, that's how old this story is. And um, <laughs> it, the movie is like nothing to do with the book. Like in the in the movie, there are these Satan worshippers, and they're trying to sacrifice this woman to Satan. And Dracula shows up, and he's like, "Uh, I'm Satan." And he he takes what? the woman he takes the woman away. And then after he kidnaps her, all the Satanists are like, "Wait a second, that wasn't Satan." <laughs> and the- so they're trying to like get the girl back from Dracula. That, that's like the plot of it. So that I'm, sounds incredible, Chris. What yeah. movie is this? I, I have to look it up. But all I'm saying is, if if you're gonna do an anime, if not, if you're gonna do an animated Great Gatsby, go that Dracula anime route and just like take the title and have it be completely nothing like the source material. That's what I want. <laughs> oh my God. I really want you to figure out what that thing is. So we can at least like recommend that to our, or maybe not recommend, but at least like, I'm sure some of our listenership is like, I have to know what this title is. Um, HT, I, I know that you are, you know, a, a sort of a connoisseur of animation. I mean, you take in all sorts of different types of animation styles and you, it seems like you don't discriminate when it comes to any sort of animation. So I'm, I'm just curious if you have any, um, if like the the subject matter of the Great Gatsby, uh, if just the idea of a Gatsby animated property, like if something jumps out at you as like a particular type of style that you would like to see, um, you know, applied to that story, is there any anything that comes to mind there? Well, I forgot to add that this uh, film will apparently be made through virtual production. That's going to be the key in the making of this animated Great Gatsby, which I'm not sure what that means. Um, it, because this comes hmm. from a VFX like, studio, does that mean it's going to be CG, some sort of motion capture? Who knows? So uh, I already have a, an aversion to motion capture animation. I feel like that kind of photorealism uh, doesn't really serve animation or animated films well. But um, And I also don't really love The Great Gatsby. When I read it in high school, I really just disliked I understood what it was doing, but I just disliked that ha- that none of the characters were like flesh and blood, blood characters. They were just basically archetypes or ideas about like the American dream and stuff. So mm-hmm. I was like, I don't really care about Great Gatsby. But you know, if you're asking about what I would like to see in a that to do something different with an animated film uh, of a some a story that we've seen so many times, I want us to go back to the rotoscoping. Uh, style of animation that we saw in the Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings films. Mm. Uh, I think that that kind of art style and that animation style has um, been little used and kind of lost. And I would like to see that uh, come back in uh, a story that maybe doesn't really call for a big animated uh, like sequences, but would mm-hmm. do well with that kind of weird uncanny realism that Rotoscope yeah. brings. 
That's interesting. Okay. Um, so Chris, it looks like you found this, uh, this Dracula yes. thing. You want to tell people what it's called? All right. So it's called Dracula Sovereign of the Damned, which is a fucking cool title. <laughs> and, title. and I didn't realize this at the time, but apparently it's based on the Marvel Tomb of Dracula comics. So for all I know, the movie is faithful to them. I, I've never read those comics. So maybe that's, you know, that that's, Dracula steals a girl from Satan ideas is from the comics. But when I was a kid, all I knew was the traditional Dracula story. And I rented this and I was like, what the fuck is going on? I was like, this is nothing like I, I so yeah, that's, that's my story. Man. Incredible. Okay. So Dracula sovereign of the damned. I'll try to look up while we're, before we, uh, we end this podcast and see if it's like streaming anywhere accessible. I kind I'm of sure you can find it like a bootleg on YouTube or something yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's move to our, our final story of the day. And that is, uh, an easy Rollins TV show that is in development now by, um, Amblin television. Chris, tell people who easy Rollins is. Uh, easy Rollins is a private eye. He's, he's an unlicensed private eye character created by Walter Mosley. And uh, he operates in uh, well, the story. There's there's several books, and they start in the 1940s. They go to the 1960s, and he's a black private eye working out of Los Angeles. And uh, he actually this character inspired a movie uh, starring Denzel Washington called Devil in a Blue Dress. And the movie is really good, but for some reason it just it bombed at the box office. It's very weird to think of like a Denzel Washington movie bombing just because he's like one of those last movie stars. He always releases movies that do well, but for whatever reason, this did not do well in theaters and it kind of killed the idea of, of keeping an easy Rollins film series going, which is a damn shame because I would have loved to seen more Denzel Washington uh, as that character. But now Amblin is developing a TV series based on the character. Um, there's no writer attached. There's no director attached. There's not even like a network or a streaming service attached. So it's very, very early in the, you know, the proceedings, but uh, that's, that's what we know for now. Amblin is turning this character into a character in his own TV series. This kind of seems like the perfect th- character for a TV show. Like, I, I mean, you mentioned that movie and I, I saw the film a long time ago, but I remember just loving it. And it has like an absolutely killer Don Cheadle performance. I, re- I remember, um, mm-hmm. Uh, Washington and, and Cheadle are, are just both like really throwing a hundred miles an hour in this movie. It's it's very very good. Devil in a Blue Dress is what it's called, like you said. And I, I really like. If nothing else, I hope that like a couple of our listeners will just go seek that movie out and end up watching that film because uh, I feel like we will have done our our good deed for the day by just like spreading the good news about that movie, which I feel like not a lot of people talk about these days. Um, but yeah, man, that that the idea of um, like that whole whatever you want to call it, that, that milieu um, just seems really like perfect for uh, a modern TV show. And I mean, not modern because it's supposed to be set in the 1950s, but you know, a, uh, a new uh, contemporary TV show um, about that character. So I, I'm sort of in love with this idea and I, I hope it ends up at a place that um, <laughs> to, to not to put too fine of a point on it, but like, if it ends up at Showtime or like Stars or something like that, where it sort of gets buried or you know, AMC Plus, God for God forbid, um, you know, some place where not a lot of people are going to be able to put eyes on it easily, um, I feel like that will be just like another injustice on and this uh, on the legacy of Easy Rollins. I, I would maybe love it'll uh, maybe it'll end up on Amazon. Isn't like Bosch ending? Amazon's going to need a new Bosch replacement. That's true. Yeah, and I this, think <laughs> this could be the new Bosch. 
That, yeah, you're absolutely right. That, this is definitely sort of like in that mold, especially in like uh, the whole like LA uh, crime saga kind of story. So um, yeah, I would, I would love to see it go there. Although, God, I mean, this is an entirely separate conversation, but Amazon really needs to be better about like, they need to completely overhaul their their user interface because oh, it's, it's still like super difficult to find stuff on there, but it's so bad. Um, okay. We'll, we'll save that for another podcast, maybe, <laughs> but I, I, th- I think that's going to bring us to the end of today's episode of Slash Film Daily. Um, you can find more about all these stories that we mentioned on today's show at Slash Film.com. Oh, before we go, I, I wanted to mention, I did find uh, Dracula Sovereign of the Damned uh, on YouTube, just a, like you mentioned, a bootleg cut. Uh, it's not streaming legally anywhere, but um, I doubt anybody's really going to come after you for, for watching this 1980 uh, weird-ass Dracula uh, anime. No, so. Dracula might show up and be like, what are you doing <laughs> watching my film? I'm Satan. <laughs> yes, it's me, Satan. Even though, I should also add that when he shows up, he looks exactly like Dracula. He's got the cape on and a tuxedo, and ev- everyone is still like, this must be Satan. Like, there's not a single person is like, that guy looks like Dracula. Dracula. All right. Oh my God. This, I, yeah, I, uh, I have to watch this. Okay. Um, yes. Slash Home Daily is published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on slashfilm.com. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps, and send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, and mailbag questions or topics to us at peter at slashfilm.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes. It really does help us out a lot. Tell your friends about the show if you can. Spread the word. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you all tomorrow. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick any area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM Sports account to get started. Then visit your promotion section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. You'll score a prize if you hit a single, double, triple, or home run. There's nothing more exciting than going yard. So swing for the fences with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on the market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.